Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Luke chapter 16, we find the remarkable parable of the shrewd manager. In verse 13, Jesus tells us plainly that we cannot serve both God and money. How shrewd are you in using your time, your gifts and talents, and your money in the cause of Jesus Christ our Lord? Let's open our Bible now to Luke chapter 16 and learn how we too can be shrewd managers of our time, our talents, and our money. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It is a Wednesday afternoon here in Texas and hopefully all are loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus and growing to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is, uh, I don't know, I think this is the 16th teaching um, in the series, A Disciple of Jesus Christ. It's been, uh, it's been wonderful. It's been exciting. It's been a different kind of study uh, for me. Um, as I've said before, normally we've well, we've only done uh, expository preaching, verse by verse by verse by verse, but uh, doing topical teachings um, on being a disciple of Jesus Christ has just been a has been a blessing to me. So thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, today we're going to do part three um, of a disciple of Jesus Christ on money, and today we're going to discuss. Uh, one of the harder parables to understand, and it's in Luke 16, and it's going to be verses 1 to 13. It's the it's called the parable of the shrewd manager. Um, it's one of my wife May's uh, favorite teachings is this parable. Um, and, you know, it's it's something that uh, if you really lock in, that, that will really convict you. It'll really encourage you. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives. Father, we thank you that, that you've made us managers, Father. We thank you that you've made us stewards. Father, we, you know, we proclaim that we don't own anything in this life, that everything that we have, our time, our talents, and our money, they all belong to you, Father. And we ask you to help us to be shrewd managers. Father, we know that one day we will stand before you. Lord Jesus, we know that we will give an account of our lives to you. So Holy Spirit, we do ask you to help us to be shrewd managers today. Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you for your word. As always, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. The parable of the shrewd manager. All right. So we're going to break it down. We're going to get into it, Nathan, and, uh, you know, really listen to this and let this, let this scripture hit home, Stephen. All right. Luke 16, starting in verse one, Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So we called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 
800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 400. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. Verse 8, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Wow. Okay. So again, this is powerful stuff. Again, this is, uh, I think this is the second to the last teaching uh, of the series, A Disciple of Jesus Christ. And again, something could come up, um, or the third to the last teaching. Um, there will be two more after this. One of them is communion, which I've actually already recorded. And then the last one should be A Disciple of Jesus Christ, Making Disciples. But again, something could come up and we could insert something in there. So as always, let's, uh, let's go ahead and read uh, Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And, you know, this is where we get the Great Commission, and this is what the, the whole series is, is, is founded on. It's called the Great Commission. It's Jesus commissioning us, Matthew 18, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So the whole series is on being a disciple of Jesus Christ, not just a convert, not, not just a churchgoer. Uh, not just a Christian who, you know, goes to church on Sunday and, you know, thinks about Jesus now and again, but a true, genuine apprentice of Jesus Christ. A disciple is someone who's trying to model their lives after Jesus in every way, spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, and financially. And that's what we're talking about today. Again, this is part three of money. And so uh, I would encourage you to listen to all the teachings in the series. Um, but this parable is, is, I mean, is serious. I mean, it is, it, I mean, it is off the chain, proverbially, right? All right, let's break it down now. You ready? All right. Verse 1, Luke 16, 1 to 13. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. Now, when we break down a parable, we want to know who the characters are, right? Who's the rich man? The rich man is God. The rich man is Jesus, our God, to whom we will give an account. Okay? And who is the manager who is accused of wasting his possessions? That's us. Every single one of us 
our stewards, or managers. Everything we have in this life, our time, our talents, and our money are given to us by Jesus to manage. We don't own any of it. Now, how do we know we don't own it? Because ultimately we can't keep it, right, May? Meaning, uh, ultimately, at some point I'm going to die and nothing can I take with me. So if you really think about it, right, Corinne, everything that we have is on loan. It's on loan because ultimately we can't take it with us, okay? Now, it's interesting, by the end of this parable, we'll see in the next life we will be able to own things because obviously we won't die anymore. Okay, but for this life, we're stewards, we're managers. Every aspect of our life, our time, right, Kristen, our talents, Lauren, and our money, Stephen, all of these things we're just simply managers of. We don't own them, they belong to Jesus, and we're managing his possessions, and all of these are his possessions. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. Verse 2. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. Every one of us as managers, and again, as I said, every one of us are managers. Uh, we don't own anything. All of us have failed in one way or another in our management. Okay, just like this manager, we too have failed. None of us have used our time or our gifts, our talents, our, you know, our skills, our capabilities, and certainly our money, you know, the way Jesus would have us to perfectly. Okay, we have all failed in our management. And because of that, our management will be taken away. Just like with this manager, all of us have wasted, you know, you know, Jesus's possessions. Again, they're his, right, Gwenda? And we are simply managers of them. So again, let's read it again. There was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. And the day will come when, when our management is taken from us, when we die, we won't be able to manage our life anymore. A time is going to come in this life, right, Rap? When we cannot be manager any longer. When we're taken from this life, we cannot manage our time anymore. We can't manage the gifts and talents and skills and abilities that the Lord has given us. And we won't be able to manage the money anymore. Now, if you're listening to this, like this manager, that time hasn't happened yet. So we still have time like this manager, to shrewdly manage what Jesus has given us. Every minute of time, every gift and talent you've been given, every skill, every ability, everything you're talented at, and every bit of treasure, all the money and resources you have belong to Jesus. And if you're alive today, you still have time to manage that in a shrewd way so that when you stand before Jesus, you will have more to, to show for your life. But here's the point. Like this manager, we too have not managed our possessions well. And because of that, our management will ultimately be taken from us. If we were perfect, then we would never die. Okay. But because all of us at varying levels have, you know, wasted, you know, our master Jesus's possessions, 
you know, he's, he's given us our time. And certainly all of us have used our time in ways that are not for his kingdom. We've used our time and I've used my time in ways that are selfish and sinful. We've all used our gifts and talents in a wasteful way. You know, we've used them for our own desires, our, you know, our own, just our own life and our own focus without a focus on Jesus. And certainly we've all used the money that Jesus has given us for our own pleasures, our own desires, you know, certainly in, a, in an excessive way. And just like this manager, the time will come when, when our management will be taken from us and we'll have to stand before Jesus and give an account, Kristen, right? That's serious, all right? Look at verse three. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master has taken away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. Verse four, I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. Okay, so this, this guy is aware. Now, here's the interesting thing. The, the master tells the manager that he's taken his job away, but he hasn't taken it away immediately. And no doubt, this is how, why Jesus has worded the parable this way, because Jesus is telling us in this parable that the time is coming when we won't be able to be manager any longer. But as of right now, again, if you're listening to this teaching, right, May, you still have management over your life. You have management over your time, your gifts and talents, and management over your money. So this manager understands, this shrewd manager understands that he's going to have to give an account of his management and, and how, he, how he gives an account is going to affect the hereafter, okay? And because of that, he's going to shrewdly go out and look to be a blessing wherever he can. Now think about this. You and I are going to stand before Jesus, right, Pop? Susan, you and I are going to stand before Jesus one day and we're going to give an account of our lives. Wouldn't it behoove us to be shrewd managers, knowing that, knowing that we will stand before Jesus and knowing that this management's going to be taken away from us? Why wouldn't we, like this shrewd manager, go out and look to be a blessing wherever we can with our time? Jesus has given us our time. Why wouldn't we go out and look to be a blessing with the time he's given us, knowing that we're going to have to give an account for how we used our time? Why wouldn't we go out shrewdly, uh, right, Becky, and, and, and use the gifts and talents and, you know, skills and capabilities? Why wouldn't we use those in service to Jesus and his people and his kingdom? Why wouldn't we be a blessing with those things? knowing that we're going to have to stand before Jesus and give an account of our lives. And finally, Nathan, why wouldn't we go out and use our money? It's not ours, it's his. Why wouldn't we go out and use the money that we're stewards of, Scott? Why wouldn't we use that money shrewdly in the advancement of the gospel of Christ, the word of God, the son of God, and the kingdom of God? Why wouldn't we be shrewd in these things Knowing here that Jesus is telling us that the day's coming, and we don't know when it is, but when, when we won't be able to be manager any longer. Verse 2, so he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. And Chris, that's going to be told to every one of us. 
Every one of us will stand before Jesus one day and our management will have been taken away and we'll have to give an account of our manager. So are we ready to start being shrewd like this guy? So this guy reasons that he understands now, but he still has an opportunity. He still has management over the possessions of his manager. So he's going to go out and shrewdly look to be a blessing. Okay. And this is how we want to be. You remember when it says Jesus, you know, when look at verse eight, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. All of us, again, are dishonest managers. All of us have misused the time, the gifts and talents, and the money that Jesus has entrusted us with. And because of that, ultimately we'll lose our management in this life and we'll have to give an account of it. So all of us are dishonest managers. But like this dishonest manager, you want to act shrewdly with your management, knowing that you're going to have to give an account for it. Okay? So look what the manager does. He says in verse 4, I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. Okay, we know we're going to leave this life. Now, we don't get to heaven by anything we do. We get to heaven by trusting in Jesus alone, by receiving Christ. But our reward in heaven, our position in heaven, our treasure in heaven will, will be entirely based on how we managed the time, the talents, and the money that Jesus has given us, Wendy. Okay, Our reward in heaven, how we experience heaven, our position in heaven, all of that will be determined on our management of our time, talents, and money in this life. So this guy knows this. So in verse five, so he called in each one of his master's debtors. Now remember, all of our money belongs to Jesus. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? Verse six, 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 400. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. So what happened here? Again, and then in verse 8, it says, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. Now, remember, everything was under his management. Just like with you and I, Jesus owns everything. And, and often we don't, that's not something we, we keep in mind. Remember, Psalm 24, 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. Okay, so again, everything belongs to Jesus. That's something we really don't get. That's not, that's, not, that's not a place I live in as I ought to day in and day out. But everything belongs to Jesus. Again, I don't own me, my body, my time, my gifts and talents, my money, my time, talents, and treasure. They all belong to Jesus. And I can use them as his manager, as his steward, as I see fit. So this manager goes out and is a blessing. So this would be like you and I knowing again that we're going to stand before Jesus. So he goes out and is a blessing to his other, to, to his, his, uh, his master's servants. Are you using your resources and the stewardship you have to be a blessing to, to your brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you using the time, the gifts and talents in your wealth, your money, 
in the advancement of the kingdom of God, the son of God, the word of God, and the gospel of God. This guy goes out and blesses, right? This guy is a blessing to others by cutting their debts. You and I can be a blessing to others in countless ways. The point is that we're shrewd, right, Gwenda? We're shrewd and that we understand we're going to stand before Jesus. We understand that we have been dishonest managers, but you know what? Since we do understand a reckoning is coming, an accounting is coming, Jesus is going to settle accounts with us. He is going to settle our management. Therefore, we ought to shrewdly look to bless everywhere we can, to be a blessing everywhere we can, with our time, May, with our talents, and certainly with our money, because an, uh, an accounting, a reckoning is coming. All right? Wow. Again, verse eight, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. He's not dishonest because he cut all the bills. He's dishonest because that's what he is. All of us have in various levels been dishonest managers, okay? Every one of us has misused the time, the gifts and talents, and the money that Jesus has given us. All of us have used our time, talents, and money for our own purposes, our own desires, our own pleasures. Every rational person admits that, okay? Every bit of time you and I have been given, our gifts and talents and skills and capabilities, the things we're good at, um, and our money, our treasure, our resources, all of these things belong to Jesus, and they're to be used in the advancement of his kingdom, um, not our kingdom, okay? They're to be used for him. And, and again, when I look at my life, how much, how much, y'all, of my time and my gifts and talents and my money I have used in my 53 years on myself, it's embarrassing. But I wanna be a shrewd manager because I'm certain that I'm gonna stand before Jesus. So let's all start going out now, knowing that this accounting is coming, knowing that just like Jesus told this, this uh, manager, we too will have to give an account of our management. Let me read it again. So he called him in, and that's going to happen to you and I when we, when we leave this life. He's going to call us in and ask him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. And this day is coming for each one of us. Anyone who hears this, Esther, anyone who's listening to this teaching, right, Papa? All of us are going to hear this one day. Give an account of your management. And, and, and our life will be taken from us. And when our life is taken from us, no more. When we die, we can't manage our time in this life anymore. We can't manage our gifts and talents. And we can't manage our money. None of it will we have anymore. Now, what's exciting is, depending on how well we're managers, you know, in our life, that will determine, you know, you know the, the, the level of reward we have in the next life. And as I said, the reason that, that we can't own anything in this life, obviously, is because we're going to die. Everything we have in this life, time, talents, and money, is, is, is ultimately on loan because you can't keep it. At some point, no matter what you have after 70, 80, 90, 100 years, you and I are going to die and we can't take it with us, right? We're going to leave it behind. 
So it's not till the next life that we will truly be able to own things, right, Jason? We'll be able to keep things. We'll actually have property of our own because we won't have to give it back. Wow. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. Look at this. For the people of this world, verse 8, for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. What does that mean? Wow. Look at this. This will be worth the price of admission here. Watch this. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. What does Jesus mean like by that? How are the people of this world more shrewd in dealing with their own kind? How are the people of the world, the non-believers, how are they more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are we, the people of the light, the people who actually have the understanding, the people who know Christ, the people who know the word of God, the people who know that we're going to have to give an account to Jesus? I mean, how are the people of the world the non-believers, more shrewd in dealing with non-believers than are we believers in dealing with our own kind, the other people of the light. Well, the people of the world are extremely shrewd in worldly ways, right? People of the world say it's a dog-eat-dog world. People of the world are so shrewd in dealing with their own kind, meaning They'll step on you, they'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll do everything they can to get ahead, not caring about anything else. It's a dog-eat-dog world. For the people of this world are more shrewd, do you see it, Corinne, in dealing with their own kind. How are the people of the world shrewd? How are unbelievers, people who don't know Christ, shrewd? They'll lie, steal, manipulate, they'll do everything they can to get ahead without a care for anyone else. They're extremely shrewd, right? They'll do all they can to move up the ladder, to get more money, to get more things for themselves. For the people of the world, for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind. They will destroy their own kind, they're so shrewd, than are the people of the light. And so what he's saying is, as people of the light, meaning to have light is to be able to see. Those of us who are listening to this teaching, right, May, we are the people of the light. We understand. We have eyes that see. The lights are on. We know that this life is only a management. We know that we're simply stewards. We know that our time, our gifts and talents, and our money, Chris, are not ours. We know that they all belong to Jesus, right, Pop? And because of that, because we're people of the light, how ought we be shrewd in dealing with our kind? Now, the people of the world are shrewd by manipulating, controlling, lying, stepping on one another, looking for every advantage they can. But to be shrewd as people of the light means to be loving and giving and thoughtful and generous and to be a blessing. So you see, shrewdness for us is not the same as shrewdness for the people of the world. 
Again, to be a person of the world and be shrewd is to, to lie, cheat, steal, manipulate, connive. That's how people of the world are shrewd. But for the people of the light, people who know we're going to stand before Jesus, to be shrewd means to be loving, giving, generous, thoughtful, other-centered, selfless. That's what it means to be shrewd for us. Do you see that? I mean, that's so profound. Wow. For the people of this world, this is Jesus speaking, for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. Jesus is saying this is so ridiculous. You would think that we who really understand that we're going to have to stand before Jesus, you would think we would be the most shrewd people in every day, Tom, spending our time, talents, and money in serving Jesus, in serving the kingdom of God, and being a blessing wherever we can, knowing that we're going to have to give an account. Why wouldn't we be shrewd and look to be a blessing everywhere we can? Because we know we're going to be rewarded accordingly. Wow. Wow. Look at verse nine. Golly. Verse nine, Jesus. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Worldly wealth. So use your money to be a blessing so that you'll have a better hereafter. Now, again, you don't get to heaven by anything you do. The only way we get to heaven is by understanding our sinful, hopeless, helpless condition. We understand that without Jesus, only eternal hell awaits. And from that place, we humble ourselves and we receive him, right? John 1.12 says, yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Out of that place of desperation, we run to Christ and call out to him and receive him as our Lord and Savior, okay? We get to heaven simply by placing our full trust and confidence and hope in Jesus alone for the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our soul, deliverance from eternal hell, and to go to heaven when we die. But our reward in heaven, how we experience heaven, our position in heaven is going to be entirely dependent on how we used our stewardship, our management in this life, our time, talents, and our money for the cause of Christ and the advancement of the word of God, the son of God, and the kingdom of God. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, and one day it will be gone, Scott, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Verse 10, look at this. This is big now. Verse 10, whoever can be trusted with very little, what we've been given in this life is very little. You know, the stewardship we've been given in this life compared to what will be given in the next life if we're faithful is very, very little, right, Terry? Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. This is a profound proclamation by Jesus. Let, let that hit home. Let that sink in. You see that, Lauren? Verse 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. This is a principle for this life 
and the next. If you're trustworthy with what Jesus has given you, if, you know, wherever you are now, if you're, if you're beginning to mourn more, this day, if you repent and say, Lord, you know, I do want to begin to use my time. And I want to use my gifts and talents and skills and capabilities, the things I'm talented at and good at. And I, I do want to use my treasure, my money, my resources more and more for you. I want to be trustworthy and not using them for me and my life and my fun and just completely for my pleasure and my entertainment and my, you know, my uh, comfort, right? My security. I want to use it more and more for you, Lord, because I know I'm going to give an account to you. If you have that attitude and you increasingly are trusted with what Jesus has given you, he'll certainly increase it in this life, but even more in the next, right? Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. But at the same time, if you hear this and still you're not affected and you're not going to use your, your time, your gifts and talents, your skills, your capabilities, and your money more for Jesus, you know, He'll let you do it, and ultimately, your management will still be taken from you, but you'll have little to nothing to show for it in the next life. And that's not what any of us want. We want to be shrewd managers. We want, it, we want to know. We know that this life is not all there is. We know this life is just a blip, that eternity is what matters, Right? And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So again, if, if we're not faithful in using the time, talents, and money Jesus has given us, if we're not increasingly faithful, we shouldn't expect to get more in this life, and we certainly won't be entrusted with more in the next. You'll be in heaven, but your position in heaven, the way you experience heaven, um, you know, your reward in heaven will not be like one who has been faithful none of us will have the same reward in heaven. Again, we don't get, get to heaven by anything we do, but our reward in heaven will be entirely based on how we, we stewarded and managed this life, our time, talents, and money that Jesus has given us. Look at verse 11. Look at verse 11. Let this at home. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches. So again, you've been given time, talents, and money in this life. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly love, the things you've been given in this world, Jesus has given them to you, and he expects you and I to be increasingly faithful in using them for his purposes, right? So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches, okay? Again, the more faithful we are, and using the things Jesus has given us in this life, the time, talents, and money he's given us, right, Alicia? The more true riches we'll have, not only in this life, but in the next life, okay? The true riches, right? Remember when Jesus said, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, right? Matthew 6, where moth and rust do not break in and steal, uh, where, where, where uh, thieves do not break in and steal. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. The true riches are not in this life. The, now, the true riches in this life are the spiritual riches. The true riches in this life are the more faithful we are 
in this life of using our time, our talents, and our money for Jesus, the more true riches we'll have in, even in this life, the more we'll experience Christ, the more real Jesus will be to us, the more we'll experience grace and favor and mercy and blessing and joy and peace, right? And, there's, and, and nothing in this world can compare to that, right? The true riches are the spiritual riches in this life, and certainly in heaven, it'll be, it'll be amplified you know, infinitely more, right? So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Verse 12, and if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Whoo, look at that now. You see that in verse 12? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Very clear, right? In this life, it's not our property. Nothing you have belongs to you. Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's. Okay, you heard that. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You can go look up Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. Okay, so that's clear that Jesus owns everything. Okay, verse 12 and if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Again, in this life, everything you have is the property of Jesus. And again, the practical reason why that is, is because you're going to die. I'm going to die. It's all on loan. You can't keep anything when you're going to die. You may be able to hold on to it for 50, 60, 80, 100 years, but ultimately it's not yours, right? But in the next life, you and I will actually be able to have property of our own. We'll be able to keep it. Why? Because we'll never die, right, Uncle Dennis? We'll never die, Leah. Wow. Golly, is this powerful? Is this parable powerful? Pow. Whew. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? The more faithful you are in this life, the more you will actually be given in the next life and you will be able to keep it. Wow. Verse 13, no servant can serve two masters. No servant can serve two masters. You and I are servants of Christ. As disciples, we are servants of Jesus Christ. No servant can serve two masters, Stephen. Either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. What are the two masters? You cannot serve both God and money. Wow. You cannot serve both God and money. Again, money is a tool. You and I are stewards. The money is not ours. That's verse 13. Luke 16, verse 13. Jesus ends the parable here. No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. As I said before, you know, uh, it's been said, either you have a hold of your money or your money has a hold of you. So wherever we are today, okay, so when you look into this parable, every one of us, okay, every rational, serious Christian should be able to hear this parable and say, you know what, I need to do better. Every one of us should hear this and say, I have not been 
a shrewd manager. I have not used my time. I have not used the gifts and talents and skills and capabilities and the things I'm good at and talented at. And I haven't used my money and treasure and resources shrewdly as I ought to. So every one of us could come to a repentance right now and ought to. Every one of us ought to be be at a place that says, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. And I ask you to help me this day, Lord, to be a shrewd manager. You know, all of us have been dishonest managers, but you want Jesus. I want Jesus to commend me, even though I've been dishonest, even though I've used my time, talents and money for myself and my own desires and my own pleasures and my own comforts. Um, you know, I, I I want Jesus to commend me because I've, I'm acting shrewdly, that I understand that an accounting is coming, that I understand a, a reckoning is coming, that I understand he is going to settle accounts with me. And shrewdly, I want him to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. Even though I have been dishonest in the in the use of my time, again, as he says in verse eight, the master commended the dishonest manager because he'd acted shrewdly. But the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of their light. Jesus is saying it's ridiculous. As people of the light, you and I know, right, Pop, that we're going to stand before Jesus. We're going to stand before Jesus, Susan. We're going to give an account of our life. So let's, let's start acting shrewdly with the time, talents, and money we've been given. Let's look to consistently be a blessing where, you know, wherever we can. Let's go out and spend our time increasingly, again, moment by moment, day by day, and growing as disciples of Jesus Christ to use the time, the gifts and talents, and the money he's given us in a more Christ-like, more Christ-centered way, in a more other-centered, in a more selfless way. Again, it's a skill. It's something we have to practice, right, Jesse? Every day, right? Every day, every week, every month, every year, we want to grow in this skill of more and more. You know, there's nothing wrong with watching a movie. There's nothing wrong in buying yourself something. But you want to consistently use more and more of your time, more and more of your gifts and talents, and here, more and more of your money for the purposes of Christ. Because you're not going to take it with you in this life, and nor am I. No servant can serve two masters. So look at yourself. Is money your master today? Every one of us could look and think in ourselves, you know, we do spend a lot of time thinking about money. And every one of us, if we were just candid and honest with ourselves, we like having more money than less. No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. We want to be so devoted to Jesus, right, Gerald, that we see just money for the tool that it is right? For the tool that it is. And we want to use it shrewdly for him and his kingdom because it's not ours. It's not ours. You cannot serve both God and money. Father, we ask you to forgive us. I ask you to forgive me, Father. Forgive us where we have tried to serve God and money. Lord Jesus, you've told us plainly, you cannot serve both God and money, Lord, and, and, and I, I certainly have, and all of us have tried to do that. I ask you to give us one and all, Father, eyes that see where we've tried to serve God and money, where we've used our time, talent, and our money, where to 
to serve ourselves first and then to serve you a little bit. Father, help us, Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us. Convict us, Holy Spirit, that we would more and more, moment by moment, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, use our time, our talents, and our money as servants of Jesus, as stewards, as managers, shrewdly in the cause of Christ. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, lead us that we, we would use our time, our gifts and talents, and our money in the advancement of your kingdom and of your gospel and of your word. Lord Jesus, we are your servants. We are your property. You bought us. You paid for us with your life. And we worship you and we thank you and we praise you today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. Seal it to our hearts as we go forward. Give us eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear him, hearts to understand him and convict us that we would be more shrewd stewards and more shrewd managers of all that is yours in this life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus.